0: Hello, this is Russell, a man, a person, a person like you with a word, a mouth sound that I I say Russell, that's who I am, Russell, that noise starts with a err like that and then I go into the ah and that's me, that's who I am, although, is it though, am I really, are any of us our name, what are we, what's going on here? What the hell is happening? Well, we'll be closer to sort of the truth in a minute when we listen to Bob Roth, meditation teacher, CEO of the David Lynch Foundation. He's a fantastic man. Uh, his global initiative, Heal the Healers Now, that the David Lynch Foundation has launched, uh, aims to bring transcendental meditation for free to doctors, nurses and healthcare providers who are on the front lines of the current pandemic. He's written loads of books, well, several books, and they're all bloody good. I really liked it because Bob is a fantastic teacher. He embodies the transcendent, which you might think sounds paradoxical, and you, as far as I know, might be right. If you enjoy this, go to luminarypodcasts.com where you can get a whole interview and, like, so many podcasts with Trevor Noah, Celeste Barber, Rain Wilson and Reza Aslan, Karamo, Lena Dunham, and you can get a subscription for as little as two ninety nine a month. With their annual plan And you get a 7 day free trial So get over there now Not available in all markets All subject to local currency Terms of flight Trying to achieve equality With the annihilation of category Is not well, a successful that, route. Yes,
1: that's, that's, that's exactly right We're in this era Where it turns out We were never the boss it Doesn't look like an ideology
0: What's beneath the surface Of people we admire Of the ideas that define our time The history we are told and Welcome to Russell Brand
1: Under the skin
0: Part of the way that and I don't mean specifically necessarily the David Lynch Foundation, but there is a tendency more broadly, say, in the mindfulness movement, the well-being movement, personal development to present these um, theologically underwritten ancient techniques in the context of their efficacy in rather more modern constructs, i.e. to simplify it, meditate and you will become more successful,
1: meditate and you, that kind of thing. That I don't like. I mean, well, I can't say I don't like. The fact of the matter is uh, transcendental meditation goes back s- over 5,000 years. It's been available and, and lost and available and lost. And it always has to, meditation always has to be taught in the language of the time, uh, in the vocabulary of the time and the need of the time. Otherwise it becomes obscure and uh, irrelevant. So the beautiful thing about real, accurate, true meditation is it has, there's no division between spirituality and consciousness, between mental clarity, between physical health, between self-awareness. It's one continuum. There's not a, there's not a barrier between the mind and the body and the heart and spiritual aspirations they are all connected. So if you have a meditation practice that addresses one thing, it's going to address all things simultaneously. That said, if you have a meditation practice, that's going to say you do this mindfulness thing, and then you're going to be you're going to be more cutthroat in the marketplace. Well, I question the validity of that particular type of meditation that would be so selective. Uh, it's, not, it's not holistic. You pull one leg on a on a chair, and all the other legs come. If you start to meditate and transcend for the purpose of um, maybe you have high blood pressure, you have migraine headaches. Well, you're also going to wake up the the prefrontal cortex which is your the part of the brain that is associated with your sense of self your spiritual self so it's all one thing
0: yeah right i see you dispute that there are all these divisions and and you think just just by teaching people to meditate they will dis- discover organically
1: uh, yeah. I mean, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, who introduced TM, said uh, a person learning to start to learning to meditate because they have high blood pressure is just a backdoor to enlightenment. Everything is going to come. All the benefits will come. So whatever the reason is, uh, it's hard to talk to a person about enlightenment if they have migraine headaches. So they learn to transcend their headaches go. And at the same time, all the other qualities of the brain, all the other qualities of the heart, all the qualities of emotion also unfold and flourish at the same time.
0: Why, why do you think that is? Why does meditation change people? Well,
1: again, you know, we have to be careful meditation writ large. You can't say all meditation is the same, like you can't say all medicines are the same, all vitamins are the same. So there are different approaches according to science. There's three basic types of meditation. One is called focused attention, which is a concentration form of meditation. Another is called open monitoring. That's many mindfulness techniques. And then the third is self-transcending. And if you want, I can go a little bit into each one of those. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so the analogy that I use, and I've told you many times, is of the ocean. You're on a little boat, and you're in the middle of the, the ocean, and all of a sudden you get these giant 30, 40, 50 foot high waves. And you could think the whole ocean is in upheaval. But actually, if you did a cross-section, you'd realize the ocean is well over, you know, miles deep. And while the nature of the ocean may be turbulent on the surface, the nature of the ocean at at its depth is pretty darn silent. So according to, you know, you could say the mind is similar. The surface of our mind, is this interesting to you?
0: Yeah, really. Everything
1: you say is interesting. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the surface of the mind, the choppy tsunami-esque. Some traditions call that the monkey mind, and the monkey, monkey, the monkey is just wandering all over the place. Jump, and you have to stop it. You have to corral it. The nature of the mind is to wander. You have to stop it. I like to call it the gotta 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 got gotta 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 mind. I got to do this and I got to do that. and I got to call him and I got to call her and I got to make a list. I got to find the list, got to slow down, got all the goddess. And it's a natural human desire. Everyone, I don't care where you live, what your religious or philosophical or economic, I'd like to have some inner calm, some inner clarity, some inner equanimity and the operative word there is inner. And the question is, is there such a thing as an inner? And if so, how do you get there? And now Russell, I'm getting to your question on meditation and those three types three types and and, it, and the first type is called focused attention and focused attention says if you using the ocean analogy if you want to have a calm ocean what is a disruptor of calm waves so so stop the waves and then you'll have a calm motion if you want to have a calm mind what disrupts a calm mind thought stop thought so focused attention vipassana is one of these where you just concentrate and focus on a point in your body on an emotion on a thought when you do that it creates something called gamma brain waves which are 20 to 50 cycles per second your brain working hard the second approach Open is called open monitoring. Open monitoring is many mindfulness techniques, as I said. That says thoughts are not necessarily the disruptor of calm, but the content of thoughts can be the disruptor of calm. So if I have a thought about a guy named Joe and I don't know anybody named Joe, eh. But if I have a thought about a guy named Joe and ten years ago, Joe done me wrong. <coughs> So open monitoring teaches me to dispassionately observe my thoughts, my moves, be in the present, be mindful, don't be in the past. When you do that, it creates theta brainwaves. TM, Transcendental Meditation, is a third type, and that's self-transcending. And that says thoughts are fine, the ocean is fine, waves on the ocean are fine. Where is the ocean naturally calm? At its depth. Where is the mind naturally calm? we hypothesize deep within everyone is a transcendent level of the mind, which is always and already calm. And this meditation gives access to that.
0: What's the basis? Oh, it's a good answer. What's the basis of that hypothesis that there is calmness at depth? And is there also a scholastic writing that supports the idea of these three types of meditation in addition to the scientific analysis?
1: Yes. Um, the first question the hypothesis what's what's the what's the how can we make that assumption well we already know that there's a vertical direct dimension to the mind we feel things deeply we love deeply we hurt deeply you have an intuition russell someone comes to you and they want to pitch a a television idea and it makes perfectly good sense on the surface but then somewhere afterwards when you're just sort of by yourself thinking deeply your intuition says i don't think so jack that feeling level quiet feeling level so the hypothesis is even deeper than that far deeper than that is a level where your mind is already always calm and settled and peaceful and alert and people have been talking about this for eons true happiness lies within um, the kingdom of heaven is within lao tzu actually the old testament isaiah 42 says be still and know that I am God. Einstein wrote about this. So it's a, a transcendent experience common throughout time. It's just has been too rare. You think deep within
0: our individual nature, and maybe we can assume our collective nature, is a, a piece that surpasses all understanding and that through TM we can access it.
1: Yes, Um it's it, again, it's throughout it, throughout time. The idea is that the deepest level of my nature is an interface with the deepest level of nature's nature. I mean, you've had people talk about this, the idea of in physics, the idea of a unified field of an underlying field that is the foundation of all matter and force fields in the universe. Einstein was looking at the end of his life to, to unify all the fundamental force fields in, in nature. And he called it a unified field. Well, in the ancient meditation texts, they talk basically about a unified field of consciousness. From the standpoint of physics, one could never access that field. There's, you could never have a linear accelerator large enough to be able to access that, like there are instrumentations to access the fields of electromagnetism. That's why we're communicating. So, or the field of gravity. So the ancient texts would say, yeah, but the human brain, the human nervous system is that instrument in nature that could access that field at that transcendent quietest level. So the deepest level of my own nature and the deepest level of your nature and the deepest level of nature's nature, one and the same. And when I access that, then it enlivens all the qualities. I like to say all the sort of the best qualities of life It reduces stress, but more than that, it wakes up compassion, kindness, insight, uh, power, strength, discernment. All the sort of the higher values of human life has been talked about forever. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is within you. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and all else will be added unto thee. That's the language of religion, but you can have the same language in, in poetry, in arts, in science, anywhere. Do you think that human beings, even
0: prior to uh, civilization, would have sought out these kind of states, you you know, like 100,000 years ago when we're living hunter-gatherer
1: lifestyles? It might have been just naturally accessible. The thing is, is it might not have been that we had to carve out time in order to do that. We might have been so in tune with nature with the flow in the, in the uh, seasons and the sunlight, everything that we might've just naturally lived that. There is, and you and I have talked about this in the, in the Bhagavad Gita and also the, um, which is the Vedic text. And also even in the Hopi Indians where they talk about four ages, Kali Yuga is the dark age all the way up to the, this is just philosophical, but then you have the Satyuga, which is the golden age. And they say there have been times in society where naturally human beings lived in sort of in accordance with the laws of nature. And we're now in Kaliyuga, And that would be like the full sunshine of the day, like noonday sun. <laughs> Surprise, we, we would be according to the text in Kaliyuga, which is a dark time where the light has to come from inside and not outside and i think that's why there's so much interest now in meditation because people are looking for stability they're looking for something true and they're not finding it in the outside world so it's driving them inside all right if
0: you enjoyed that conversation join me over at luminary for the latest episodes of under the skin plus you know trevor Noah and all those other people are listed lena dunham karamo and um yeah 2.99 a month well, it can't be bad, can it? Can it be bad? Go to luminarypodcast.com to start your free trial. Check it out, see if you like it. See you over there.